What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another installment of Growing with Soul. I know that I have been gone for a minute. Life has been lifing, but with that makes this topic so much more apt, so much more, I would say, in the either, at least for me, because it's been stressful out here. It's been it's been crazy, it's been stressful, and that is why. I want to talk about emotional eating, my my one of the longest staying coping mechanisms that I have. It's been around uh, for as long as I can remember, you know? Me and emotional eating, we go way back. Um, so I wanted to talk about that and talk about what we can do if we find that this is no longer serving us. But before we get into it, I do want to highlight that if you have been enjoying the podcast, to subscribe and to leave a lovely little review because it helps. So let's go ahead and get into it. First and foremost, let's get on the same page here. Let's define emotional eating. What exactly is it? Well, it is defined as the tendency to overeat in response to negative emotions, such as anxiety or even irritability. In my experience, I tend to eat when I am stressed and anxious. And sad, um, those negative emotions, especially stress and anxiety, tend to trigger it the most. I would say maybe before depression, sadness would trigger emotional eating. Um, but now, now when I'm sad, I go right into self-care and like affirmations because... I feel like my brain just knows that as soon as I'm sad, it's like, whoop, depression. So I have to work extra hard to to not go there. You know, this is, something that I've, this is a completely different topic, but it's something that I've talked to, like, clients about, where it's, and, and they, these clients, they've, like, experienced something similar, where I feel like once we've been depressed, our brain knows what that is, and it's like, whoop, let's just go back. Like, depression activated. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Let me know if you guys feel the same way about stuff. But anyway, not depression. Woo! Uh, anxiety and stress tend to trigger emotional eating, especially for me. Sadness is also a big one. But one of the things that I feel like is there for us emotional eaters is that eating is a part of everything we do. Like... When we're happy and we're, we're celebrating something, like, there's food there. Like, when we're sad, it's food. Um, again, like, if it's a graduation, there's food. If it's a funeral, like, there's food. Like, there's food with everything and food is. And certain types of food are attached to certain emotions and, and all that stuff. So let's go ahead and talk about, like, what triggers emotional eating. So we've talked about stress and anxiety. But even with that, because stress and anxiety are bound to happen. Like, we are bound to experience these types of emotions. And people who do not emotionally eat also experience these types of emotions. So what can be the difference? And often it is having trouble managing these emotions. So where someone might be doing something else to manage their stress and anxiety and their sadness, we, the emotional eater, are more likely to use food to help us regulate those emotions. And on top of that, another trigger might even be like being unhappy with your body may make you more prone to emotional eating. And this goes for both men and women. And this is this this has been me. And like I, <laughs> I whenever I feel this way, I quickly make it into a joke, which if you are a fellow 90s baby and you've seen Austin Powers, 
and that like iconic i suppose at least in my mind it's, it's a gif so clearly it is iconic but like that gif a fat bastard where he's like i eat because i'm unhappy and i'm unhappy because i eat <laughs> like if you, i feel that in my soul <laughs> been there but when on that part of like body image and dieting and all that dieting can actually put you more at risk for developing emotional eating because we are then feeling deprived of certain foods and then that might you so when you're in that like frustrated mood you know you're in a negative mood negative emotions and you're already feeling deprived of certain foods like that like willpower that we supposedly are supposed to always have which is, is not true but our willpower is diminished at that point so we are much more easily tempted into emotional eating so if you there are a lot of reasons as to why we emotionally eat and there are there have been studies done on this topic believe it or not as to why we tend to do this and what is it that's happening within our minds within our bodies that is triggering us motivating us to eat so there have been many theories many many models that have come about in these studies so one such model um, would be a learning-based emotional eating model and theory so that goes into like affect basically emotional affect regulation model which proposes that the rewarding aspects of palatable food intake counter those negative emotions that we're feeling and therefore it sort of operates like a conditioning for us. So the repeated pairing of negative emotions and eating can further lead to classical conditioning, which results in increased motivation to eat in the presence of negative emotions. So when we begin this behavior and we're rewarded by that ice cream, by those cookies, by whatever it might be that is our go-to emotional eating food, we are met with this, uh, we are met with this positive result because we're sad we're stressed we're anxious and then we eat this palatable food hyper palatable food even and it makes us feel good and then we do that consistently enough that we have trained ourselves now to emotionally eat where we immediately go to that coping mechanism without even really thinking about it additionally psychologist susan albers stated that cortisol makes us crave sugary, fatty, or salty foods. So back in ancient times, she says, during times of stress, you needed all the calories you could get because you were involved in fight or flight situations. When you're feeling stressed, you're dealing with your ancient biology telling you, go get some food. So again, we're looking at like, again, what is going on mechanistically? What is going on within our biology that is causing us to emotionally eat? And Dr. Albers is stating that cortisol which shows up when we are stressed and anxious, is signaling to our bodies that we need to eat food for survival. So there is that hard wiring going on as well within our bodies that leads us to emotionally eat. And again, Albers goes on to further say that we do a lot of our eating around boredom because eating feels purposeful. It fills up your time. It gives us some entertainment. And then during the pandemic, especially, a lot of anxiety, stress, and boredom led to eating. So now that we are in 2023, we are out of the quarantine and staying at home orders of the pandemic. We can look back and think about how many of us did that because we were stuck at home and we were bored or we were stressed and we were scared because of what was happening. So we turned to food and then we turned 
most likely to hyperpalatable foods, processed foods, because we weren't going out to the stores as much. So a lot of us probably purchased foods that were going to be shelf stable per se. So why exactly does emotional eating work? Because we're not going to be doing something unless it's giving us some kind of benefit. And I know that might feel weird to say, especially if you're like tired of emotional eating, maybe because you're emotional eating, you've gained weight or whatever it might be. Like you're just mired in the negative results of emotional eating and how it's harmed you. So you're thinking, okay, emotional eating really sucks. How could it be helping me? Because it works to a degree. It works until it's not working anymore. So foods high in fat, sugar, and salt can become more appealing when you are under stress, you're in a bad mood, or you're feeling bad about yourself. Again, going up to before, where the cortisol makes us crave the sugary, fatty, and salty foods. And like I hinted at previously, eating releases dopamine. Dopamine is a brain chemical that makes us feel good. So we're in a negative mood, we are sad, we are stressed, we are anxious. So what do we do? We reach for, I don't know, that bagel and cream cheese. We reach for that cookie, that donut. The line during quarantine for Krispy Kreme by where I live, the freaking drive through was so... Un like, the Krispy Kreme where I live is in a mall parking lot. And this mall been empty, okay? Like, nobody goes to this mall anymore except for, like, the AMC, which is on the opposite side. So the... The parking lot for this mall is gigantic and empty. And during quarantine, full on, like, pleno 2020, 2021, like, in pleno quarantine, like, the, the Krispy Kreme drive through line, like, they had to, like, take over an entire section of the parking lot. It was like a pinchy line tip for, like, a Disneyland ride. Like, crazy. So, again, when we're in... These high stressful situations, high anxiety situations, we want to feel comfort, we just want to feel better. So we reach for those foods that are going to give us that dopamine and soothe us for at least a period of time, a short period of time. So now let's get into why it doesn't work. And the thing is, it doesn't work because no matter how much you eat, it never really brings you that satisfaction, that relief that you're looking for. And you don't actually stop eating until you feel sick or just like overly full. So you have to stop eating. But the entire time that you are eating, you're looking for that relief. You're looking to be soothed by the food. And that's why... It doesn't work. And I can attest, I am a huge stress eater. And the majority of the time, I, I have my other tactics in order to counteract my coping mechanism so that I don't do anything that's unhealthy for me and that's like low vibration, you know? But I have been there when I'm snacking con like consistently and like overly snacking or I'm eating way too much or I'm eating things that make my body feel horrible but I'm eating them because mentally they soothe me they give me a momentary relief from the stress and anxiety that I might be feeling but I find myself continuing to eat until my stomach doesn't really hurt but I feel like it's Thanksgiving day and I've eaten too much so 
that's why it doesn't ultimately work because it makes us physically feel worse and again like for many of us we might even recognize that okay like i'm eating foods that are hurting my body i'm eating foods that are maybe making me gain weight and i gotta go i gotta go buy clothes whatever it might be so what can you actually do when you're feeling stressed and anxious or sad or whatever emotion that triggers your emotional eating the first thing you can do is observe, okay? And this goes for almost everything we talk about. Just observing where we are emotionally, how we are feeling, and being very real with ourselves, being very present with ourselves. So if you're having a sudden urgent craving, observe that. Because if it's a sudden thing, if it's a quick thing, if it's like, I need a cookie now, like that's not hunger, Physical hunger develops slowly over time. Another thing, kind of like the example that I gave, is craving only a certain food. Like, again, if you are all of a sudden, like, you're just craving a cookie, craving a donut, whatever it might be, that's not hunger. That could very well just be your urge to emotionally eat. It could be something else. It's okay. Sometimes we have cravings because we have cravings. But if you recognize that, I feel very stressed, I feel very sad, I'm heartbroken, whatever it might be, and I really want donuts. Mm, emotional eating. Another thing that we can do as we observe how we are and we're present with our emotions, our stress levels, and what have you, is keeping an emotion diary. We can keep track of how we're feeling. We can write it out. And sometimes the act of getting the emotion out of ourselves helps us regulate those said emotions. So if you're into journaling, having an emotion diary can be very helpful. Another thing that we can do when we have this habit of emotionally eating is swapping it out for something healthy. So one of the things that I did, I think I started it in high school. Yeah, I definitely started in high school because I'm a huge stress eater too. So even if I wasn't feeling like sad or heartbroken or anything I noticed that when I was in high school doing projects that and like like papers like I had to write like five to ten page paper or something in high school that I wanted to sit at the computer and just like eat snacks the entire time that I was writing paper and mind you I was a procrastinator too so I would be sitting there the night before it's due like, not really getting much sleep, trying to write out this paper. So then I would be sitting there for hours and hours and hours just wanting to snack and eat the entire time, which obviously is not going to be a healthy thing to do. So one of the things that I started to do that I used up until now even, not as much anymore, thankfully, but it is something that I did for a very long time, was that instead of having snacks and eating constantly, I would switch out the foods for a cup of coffee or a cup of hot tea. And this was great because, one, for me, like coffee is a comfort food for me. And it literally is just like coffee, creamer, not even sugar. So it's going to be healthier than like snacking for like four hours straight trying to write a research paper. So a cup of coffee or even like a tea. And the thing about it being hot is that you're not going to like chug it and then go get another right away because you're not going to chug hot coffee or water or not water, hot coffee or tea. So that was my healthy swap. Your healthy swap could be something else. But in terms of that, that was mostly like mostly uh, like uh, portion control, um, calorie mitigation, I suppose, in that regard. 
And again, kind of like how I mentioned earlier, finding other ways to manage stress. I mentioned meditation earlier. And meditation does not have to be this like hyper zen. I need to isolate myself for 20 minutes, an hour trying to meditate. You can sit down and meditate for like a minute. You can two minutes. Like you don't need to like, if you're at work or something, if you can take like a 10 or a 15 and maybe like go to your car and like, let me just sit here and like with my eyes closed and like chill out like, yeah you can do that as well um so meditation a quick meditation during moments of high stress maybe some breath work as well to help regulate ourselves going for a walk can also be very soothing and de-stressing and actually going for walks is one of the one of the, I was so surprised at how stress relieving walking can be. And it's something that I discovered a few years ago, a couple years ago. I would just walk on the treadmill actually for like 20 minutes. And I'm probably like many of us, I hold a lot of my stress in my shoulders. So when I would have like my shoulders as like earrings and I'd be walking on the treadmill for like 20 minutes and like naturally my shoulders would drop back down. So going for a walk, do not underestimate that. If you have nature nearby, a beautiful green park, go for a walk in that park because that nature is going to like exponentially help the de-stressing. Another thing that you can do is get support. Sometimes when we are incredibly stressed, incredibly sad, feeling a lot of strong negative emotions, it helps so much to be able to speak to another person about them. So this could be family, this could be friends, this could be a coach. It could be whatever you think is going to be best for your situation. But getting support can be so stress relieving. So if you think you need some extra support, think about who that person can be. I hope you found this episode to be of value. And if you try out any of these uh, tactics in terms of alleviating and adjusting your coping mechanism for managing stressful and negative emotions, let me know how it goes. Um, I have my contact information down below. You can always DM me on Instagram. You can always email me as well. Um, but of course, if you found this episode to be of value, don't forget to subscribe and to share it out with your loved ones, share it out on social media. You can tag me at your coach Mari on both TikTok and on Instagram. I am currently accepting clients, so if you're interested in working with me, you can always go ahead and schedule a discovery call through the link in my show notes or in the show notes. And if you just have questions about it, feel free to DM me or email me. I'm happy to answer any of your questions. See you in the next one. Mm-hmm.